Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Amen. If you would, if you turn to Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So last week, uh, it was awesome to see everybody that, were, that did get baptized. Um, <clears throat> it, it was a lot of fun. Like every, mom was saying, everybody agrees. There's something significant that I believe that when somebody makes the decision to get water baptized, and I'm not going into a water baptism teaching or following up on what Pastor had uh, taught on last week, um, but I believe this is if somebody makes the heartfelt decision to be water baptized, not to go through the religious act or ceremony of the of the water baptism. And I'm not saying that, you know, that, uh, going through the water baptism because it's the, you know, right thing to do. I'm not saying that God can't do anything through it, but I believe the person that takes it with the heartfelt decision, understanding what water baptism, water baptism actually is that there's something so supernatural and significant that happens in the individual's lives. Amen that uh, th- there's power, there's something, there's something released in somebody's internal being in the spiritual man that th- there's, there's like a, a, a opening into the supernatural realm like, you know, there hasn't been before in, in that person's life. Amen. Yeah, there's, there's the identification, but I believe there's something even greater than just the identification that this person is a believer in Christ. I believe that the Holy Ghost just opens up something, a, a, a new avenue, per se, of the Christian life. There's a, an awareness, a greater awareness to who we are in Christ. And not just with the awareness, but there's a realization that, you know what? I am a follower of Christ now. I am, well, not just now, but there's a significant step in that tr- baptism in water. That now there's a reality to the fact that I am an open, an open, uh, open picture of what a cr- Christian should look like. Amen? Amen? You're making that stand. You're making that step saying, I'm changing anything that has to be changed because I am following, choosing to be a person that's of significance, to stand out unafraid, unashamed that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. With that being said, there's an awareness now because of being in front of people saying, I'm choosing to follow Christ. That with that open statement, you're saying that my actions, my words are from this point forward going to be criticized based on the word of God of who I am from the outward perspective. Amen. You're putting yourself in front of everybody saying I'm following Christ. Now there's a demand. Amen. And it's a good demand because what it does is draws us. It draws us into a place of, uh, of self-evaluation on a daily basis because of the commitment and the stand that we've made. Amen? Amen. 
It's not just a one-week evaluation, a one-month evaluation, a one-year evaluation. This is ongoing. And for all of us that have been water baptized at some point in our life, whether a month, a week, five years, ten years, fifteen years, we should not lose the significance, the uh, importance of that step that we've made. Amen? And in that baptism, that we've made a bold statement that we should not lose the bold statement that we make every day. Amen? In Galatians chapter 5, I want to just... So I'm, I'm saying this because looking back and trusting God on what He was putting on my heart, I believe is this. It's not just for the ones that were just baptized. It's for all believers. Amen? But hindsight, looking back, how great and significant that time that we've had watching everyone getting baptized, it's refreshing because it refreshes our hearts and the statement and the, that commitment and everything that we've made for those that have been water baptized in the past. Amen. So Galatians chapter five, I'm going to begin here. Verse one, I'm going to read pretty quick because I want to read from the message version and uh, we'll begin here. Christ has set us free to live a free life. How many can say amen? Amen. This is Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 message version. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Okay, I'm sorry. So take your stand. Amen. Amen. Exclamation point, message version. I'm just reading it as it, amen. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Amen. Amen. Do not let any person, anything, put a harness of slavery on you. How many have been baptized in water? Making that bold statement, that commitment, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Okay. Maybe there... Uh, there's some that would love to do that. Maybe there's some that have not made that choice. But you know what? In your heart, you still have that, that conviction on the inside. Amen? That I, I've, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? And still by your words, still by your actions, there's a statement that you're making that you're not like the world. But don't let any person put this harness of slavery on you. Amen? Because you have a new life. A life of freedom. Amen? I am emphatic about this. I believe Paul, is he's so convinced of this proclamation that he just made. That Christ has set us free to live a free life. Wasn't just for personal freedom, but to live a free life. Amen? I'm emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at that same moment, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. I repeat my warning. The person who accepts the ways of circumcision, circumcision trades all the advantages of the free life in Christ for the obligations of the slave life of the law. Now, this is a different spin on what Paul had 
proclaimed to the Galatians in, this, in chapter 5. I suspect, this is uh, verse 4, I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you're cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Amen? So when you're trying to do it on your own, trying to have your own rituals and trying to have your own rules and regulations, you fall out of grace. Amen? God has called us into freedom. He's given us a, a life to live, a free life. Amen? It's not bound by rituals. It's not bound by... It's a life... I love this, and I've been seeing a lot lately, a more uh, uh, emphasis on... Getting out of the religious thought of what church should be like, of the religious uh, ceremonies and all that, but getting greater depth of our understanding and what Christianity actually is in that relationship, not religion. Amen? The relationship aspect of who you and I are and have with our God, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, is so important. We need to emphasize our relationship and take that, that commitment that we have made and evaluate, where is my relationship with Jesus Christ, with my Heavenly Father, with the Holy Ghost? Amen? We need to evaluate that. Amen? Because we all, every single day, are making a bold proclamation. Or at least we should be. By how we talk, how we act, and how our life reflects the working of God on the inside of us. Amen? <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'll go uh, read this again. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you're cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Meanwhile... We expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the, with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. Faith expressed in love. You were running superbly. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. And please, don't toss this off as in, insignificant. It only takes a minute, amount of ye, a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect. Amen? There will not be anyone, and I have the confidence to say this now before you guys, that nobody here will defect from the working of God and from being a bold statement of Jesus Christ and the working of Him in our lives here. Amen? Amen. So nobody here is going to defect from what it is to be a Christian, a born-again believer, a disciple of Christ. Amen? But the one who is upsetting you, whoever he is, will bear the divine judgment. Glory to God. As for the, the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision, that is absurd. I'm just skipping a couple things in parentheses so I could get through. Why would I still be persecuted then? If I were preaching 
that old message, no one would be offended if I mentioned the cross now and then. It would be so watered down, it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Paul is so uh, um, convinced about preaching about what the the, the cross means and the, the, the fact of what Christ had done on the cross and how it's so important for us. That if it were just mentioned once or twice, it would be watered down. But the gospel that you and I received... The gospel that we proclaim and preach is the cross of Jesus Christ and what it has done for us. Amen? And what it's done is provided you and I direct access to the Father in a relationship we have. Amen? Hallelujah. So we should be excited about our faith. We should be excited about getting in the Word of God. We should be excited about getting in a quiet place to pray. And getting in that place of worship. Why? Because that's our very life. That's where we remain in freedom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Navigating where I am. If I were preaching that old message, I read this, no one would be offended. And if I mentioned the cross now and then, it would be so watered down, it wouldn't matter one way or another. Why don't these agitators, obsessive uh, as they are about circumcision, go all the way? Why don't they go all the way and castrate themselves? That's a bold statement, huh, Paul? It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out in no time. All you will be annihilated, or I'm sorry, in no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Are you with me? Paul, his counsel to the church of uh, Galatia. To those that are continuing to read this scripture verse, that's you and I, live freely, animate it, and motivate it by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are antithetical. Sorry, I'll spit it out. Uh, Antithetical. So that you cannot... They're at enmity with each other. Listen, I'll have kind of trouble with some of these words here, but hey, we'll get through. They are constantly at war with each other. You can't have one and the other operating at the same time. You're either... Uh, living a life in freedom or you're following that selfish desire, that sinful nature. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. 
will continue. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? It is obvious that uh, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of uh, mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfying once, a brutal temper, temper. An impotence to love or be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Verse 22, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life's serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things. A sense of compassion in the heart. And a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. Not needing to force our way in life. Able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. I want to pause right there. I want to go to the NIV real quick. In that verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. This word forbearance, you go to the New King James Version, long-suffering. We could pull the different pieces of the fruit out here and the fruit of the Spirit, and we can talk about them and read them. I want to just read something. This is out of a book that I... That I uh, cycling into now and then. It's a call for character. <clears throat> this chapter is, is, has a heading here. Stand up under pressure, persecution, or distress. Long-suffering. What a, the, I, I believe that the Holy Ghost is speaking to this word to us to be refreshed in it. Maybe we didn't have a, a great understanding of what long-suffering actually is. Maybe we, we're walking through long-suffering right now. The word long-suffering means to suffer long, to gird up under pressure, persecution, distress, and trouble, to remain steadfast, patience, because many believers are trying to be led by the Spirit of God without being willing to suffer in the flesh, their lives are silently witnessing to the world that being a Christian is great. As long as things are going well, 
However, as soon as things begin to go wrong, the attitudes and actions of these people often present a totally different picture of Christianity. Yet it is precisely those times of personal suffering that are often the most effective witness to the world. For it is then that unbelievers can best see the difference that knowing the Lord makes, uh, makes in the life of an individual. When the world sees someone who can come through his sufferings with faith, hope, and love, someone who can display the nurture and attitude of God despite difficulty and suffering, someone who can emerge victorious from every conflict, they will stop, look, and listen to that person as though Jesus himself were speaking to them. Long-suffering. What does it take to be long-suffering? We need to receive, believe that we receive that fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? We need to believe that, you know what? This is, a, this is a fruit that's been made available. That's been given to us. It's in us. It's part of who we are. It's part of Christ in us. It is He that's within us. Long-suffering. Amen? But every day that we face, every trial, every persecution, every uh, desire that we feel hasn't been met, every want that we have that has not been met, how do we respond when we are disappointed? How do we respond when we feel like odds are against us or people are against us? Long-suffering. It's being patient in those times. It's not... Just, uh, you know, giving up immediately like, oh, you know what, I'm done. I, I've had enough. I, I, I'm going through hard times. I can't take it anymore. I'm done with this. What we need to do is make sure that we're still remaining in faith. Amen? How do we do that? Because sometimes it's so difficult. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to just to, to get through the emotional aspect of the circumstances and everything we're facing and just remain in faith. Sometimes it is a difficult thing to do. But God can do anything. He can help us to get through the difficult times. He can help us to get through the issues of life. So what do we need to do? Because the circumstances, the, the issues that we face, the problems that we face, the, the weariness of life that we face, is all going to do one thing, and that's distract us and get our minds so boggled with thoughts of failure, thoughts of, of, of just coming up short. It's going to have our mind and our thoughts completely off of our relationship with Him. Amen? Yeah. But, but we need to have every thought, every vain imagination that tries to come into this little head. Some of you have bigger heads than me. <laughs> but... Every thought, every imagination that comes into this thought realm, 
and make sure that it is subject, captive to the word of God. Amen? Okay. As believers, as disciples, the word of God is so important to us, guys. If we're not in it, we're going to fail. It's bottom line. It's our life source. Do you hear me? If we are not in the word of God daily, we're setting our own self up for failure. Because when the times are tough, when other people are going through difficulties, we need to be able to give a right answer at the right time. Trusting the Holy Ghost to give us the words to say. Trusting that we are receiving the words at the right time. But the word of God is so important to you and I that we cannot let that treasure go or be taken or stripped from us. Amen? Don't let anyone harness that slavery on your shoulders or anything or busyness or too much entertainment or anything that's going to suck the life out of you. Amen? The only way that you and I, which we are long-suffering, are going to continue to maintain being long-suffering is to have the Word of God strengthened in our heart daily. Amen? Because listen, we weren't guaranteed an easy life every single day. We weren't guaranteed that you know, even in the midst of our own life, that the world's going to get darker. It's going to get very dim. How do we walk through that darkness and through the hard times, the dark times, the tragedies, the natural disasters, you know, and all the threats and everything that are, you know, being thrown at us? We have to constantly be reminding our own self and allowing the Word of God by the Father himself, through his word, speaking by the Holy Ghost, the truths of the word, by reading it, getting it into our heart, getting it into our spirit so that our spirit man strengthened. Because we're going to be facing more and more and more trials, tribulations, persecutions, difficult times, tragedies, natural disasters, wars, rumors of wars, and all these things. But to be able to stay long-suffering through it all, girding ourselves up through it all, that's how we are able to maintain with that fruit being seen in our lives. So that when people see that fruit, they say, man, how'd you make it through those difficult times? How'd you get through that? How are you able to stay peaceful through that hard time? When it seemed like the winds were coming, the, you know, the storms were coming, blowing, trees falling down, your house being destroyed, you know, your car being wrecked, all this stuff. That it's, how are you able to do that without cracking? Because there's peace within me. It doesn't matter what happens on the outside, what you see going on around me. I have peace within me. And it only comes from my trust, my hope, my personal belief in Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, how do we get that? That long-suffering, facing every difficulty, 
every situation comes through the word of God and girding our spirit man up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. I'm going to close right here. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word that that has been inspired by the Holy Ghost. The inspiration of the Holy Ghost that was upon Paul to write these letters that we read that we read today in Galatians. We thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are that you are uh, moving about us, that you're moving on the inside of us, that you are the direct voice connection between the Father and our hearts. That through Jesus Christ that we have been saved and we know that we've been saved and we've been born again and we've been, we've been seated in high places. But Holy Ghost, we thank you that you are at work. You're with us. You're our helper, our teacher, our counselor, our guide. And we thank you that every single day that Holy Ghost, that you are helping us. That you're helping us to, to face the realities of life, face the things that we, that we go through every single day in the natural realm. But you help to bring in perspective the supernatural realm and the supernatural power of God that's working on the inside of us. So Holy Ghost, we just thank you that you are moving, that you are constantly reminding us of the scriptures that we've read, the promises that we've read, and the promises that have been spoken to us, the, the, the prophetic words that have been spoken. We thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are constantly helping us to maintain, to stay strong as believers, to stay strong in our faith, to stay strong in our hope in Christ. And we thank you, Holy Ghost, that there is no one here that will defect from the faith, no matter the persecutions, no matter the things that are, that are constantly going on around us. We thank you that we are staying strong, staying firm in our trust, in our hope, belief in Christ, and in our bold witness of our lifestyle. In Jesus' mighty name. So, Lord, we glorify you. We give you honor. We want to exalt you, Lord, above every circumstance, every situation that we face in your name, Lord. We thank you that you are receiving glory, that you're receiving honor, that your name will be proclaimed through it all. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, give him give glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Precious. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just uh, pray in the tongue softly, if you would. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Shina rebe bebe geshi kira vrama mama barre hede go olo honda goni anaganda gana gore geshi tira vrama bagosho shanda da gana gare de geshi kila vrama baba bada ne geshi kira rende geda kola shamba rebe bakati ana anda de anaganda gosho kurende geshi geshi kila vrama bamba de ne geshi kila vrama bagosho. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shanda geshi. Glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I don't want to just, I don't want to just force anything or make anything happen. But I wanted to allow just a moment just for the Holy Ghost to, to just 
allow if there's anything that is needed here. But I do want to just uh, ask this. If there is anyone that, that right now, at this very moment, that there's something that you're believing for, that you're just, uh, I don't want to say dire need, but there, you just want somebody to come in agreement with you. That if you would, uh, if you would just come up, we're going to agree in prayer with you uh, for whatever that may be. Um, hallelujah. But we're going we're gonna to dismiss at this time. But if there's somebody here that's believing for something, please come up. We want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. You're dismissed. Anyone that needs prayer or wants agreement, please come on up. Amen.